0: What is up, everybody? Welcome to Ben's Chatter, the Con Man's NBA podcast. We are here on a beautiful Monday night, post the 4th of July, here to talk about the NBA Finals. Noah, we're, we're finally here.
1: Colin, are, um, are fireworks overrated or underrated?
0: Fireworks are accurately rated. They are accurately
1: rated perfectly. Rated. Okay.
0: Fireworks are accurately rated. I mean, like, I go nuts for fireworks, you know? I don't go too nuts. But, it, it, you know, it, like it happens and every single time. I'm like, that was pretty sick.
1: My favorite thing is when people, like, post fireworks going off on their stories. I love that. Oh, I love that. I've never seen a firework like, before. I, I love that. I love when
0: I get, like, 12 in a row and I'm like, hell yeah. Like, <laughs> I forgot that I saw fireworks last night and, like, you reminded me. <laughs> you and the nine hundred people that I fell on into I'm all reminded me. Where's so the thank you for that actually.
1: Where's the fourth of July ranking holiday rankings, Colin? I think it's pretty high up there.
0: Uh it's top it's top three for sure, right?
1: I think so. Ad, uh, adult what,
0: Halloween's pretty fun.
1: Adult Halloween's up there. Is Christmas up there for you?
0: Is Christmas yeah, just yeah, Christmas the
1: undeniable number one?
0: Yeah, well, except for all of our Jewish friends out there, Hanukkah, Hanukkah, Hanukkah Christmas, Hanukkah. Um,
1: same thing. Um, Potato, tomato, don't You
0: don't Ramadan, <laughs> all of them, they all tie. Three-way tie for number four. All right, you know what? Let's. I I, I want to you know kind of just build the NBA Finals. Um, it's pretty crazy because. No, well, if you think about it, we haven't had a real finals winner since the 2008 Celtics. Every other ring is a Mickey Mouse ring. So. I agree. Is, is this the most Mickey Mouse ring or the least Mickey Mouse ring? Because everybody.
1: I think this might be the most Mickey Mouse ring. Actually.
0: Actually, well, LeBron has the real Mickey Mouse ring. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but Did, was the Raptors championship I, a Mickey Mouse ring? Oh absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. That, that's facts. Yeah,
0: that's facts. Nice. And everybody knows that if Draymond didn't punch that guy in the balls, LeBron would only have two three rings.
1: Yeah, debatable.
0: Either way, I, I I truly despise when people make those jokes well no not when people make the jokes i think the jokes are hysterical but the people that actually try to discount rings i think are the worst kind of fans. because you beat who's in front of you like injuries are a part of basketball they're a part of football they're a part of baseball they're a part of hockey they're a part of soccer you you got to beat who's in front of you now, correct
1: yeah i agree um I don't really like when people try to discount another team winning a championship because, like you said, you only get to play who's in front of you. You don't get to dictate who stays healthy, who doesn't. Um, And honestly, staying healthy is a part of the grind that you have to go through to get to a championship.
0: Yeah, I mean, one of the most amazing part about LeBron's career is up until 2018, he hadn't been injured. He just straight up was never injured. And that is definitely a part of legacy. Like, obviously, you know, I, I'm a Chicago guy. I, I'm not going to deny that. Derrick Rose was one of the most amazing players I've ever watched for a span of two and a half seasons. But uh, he just couldn't stay healthy, and, and that is a part of the game.
1: Is he a Hall and of Famer? You have to
0: accept that. Yes, absolutely. Okay. You can have the you win an MVP in the NBA, you have to be all of
1: them, right? Yeah, yeah. Especially historically, um, that's been true. D Rose is like, um, his legacy. I don't want to say his legacy because his legacy isn't really that. But like his reputation, he had when he was killing it. I think alone could almost like people know that D Rose was about to take over the league mm-hmm. if he never gets those knee injuries.
0: Yeah. Well, and he's still. I think. I think five years ago, his case was actually worse than it is now because he's yeah. been productive the last five years, to the point where I, I think if he can actually have a sixteen-year career, maybe he obviously will never return to that form. But if he can continue to contribute to playoff-caliber teams, I, I think that will definitely. Help.
1: Just the way he. Just the way he transformed his game, Khan is truly impressive. Oh, yeah. um, I forget. He had an interview. I can't remember with the who, but he was talking about how he, you know, completely had to change his game to play towards his new style now. And I think that's one of the most impressive parts that he, rec- he you know, he could get past that ego of what he used to be and is what he is now. Um, I got a question for you, Khan. Would you no, rather guessing. be... Would you rather be a Hall of Famer, um, like, with no rings? You're, like, the Hall of Famer. You're the guy that brings up, whenever we're talking about a player, they're like, oh, well, Con Griffin's in the Hall of Fame. Why isn't this guy? Or would you have rather been a role player with multiple championships? Um,
0: so, are you asking me, like... like- like, Charles Barkley or, like, Yao Ming?
1: I'm just asking you or like even what, what I worse asked Hall you.
0: like, Hall of Famers
1: than Um, like, um, I can't remember his... <laughs> like, you'd either be the worst person in the Hall of Fame or you are a role player on a team with multiple championships to your name.
0: Probably the role player. Like, I'd rather be Steve Kerr than, like, Chris Webber.
1: I'd, I'd probably agree with like, that.
0: Like, five rings. I mean, I don't know. Like, being an NBA champion, like, multiple times, uh, I feel like that would just be so... Ridiculous. You're
1: etched in history at that point.
0: Yeah, for real, especially, yeah. If you win multiple times, to so like, you... Like, your name's going to come up.
1: Con Griffin. What a sh- jumper Griffin. that guy has.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's clean. Actually, I'd be more happy if I was remembered for my post-fade, but that's fine.
1: Oh, that's a fine. Little, instead of Dirk, they were like, oh, that guy just pulled the Colin Griffin.
0: Yeah. Oh, that'd, be sick. that'd be sick. Alrighty, <laughs> let, let's get back on track a little bit. <laughs> I, I, I was bringing up the storyline because because one of the biggest storylines obviously of this NBA playoffs is that literally every single team has had their main player go down uh, post the second round um, except for the 76ers he didn't go down physically he just went down emotionally um... and Embiid was hurt but we have the Bucks versus the Suns Giannis is doubtful for tomorrow's game um, but should we first recap the series? The series.
1: Yeah, games? let's um, let's recap model. first. Talk about how we got here. Yeah, where do you want to start? Um, dealer's choice. You want east or west? Let's go with the west
0: because the east is a bit fresher in people's minds. So let's spend a, a bit more time on the west because I think it's a very interesting series.
1: Yeah. Suns win in um, six. Yeah, this um, this series was closer than I thought it was gonna be, Colin. When I heard no Kawhi Leonard, um, I was honestly impressed with the fight that the Clippers put up. Honestly,
0: yeah. Um, obviously we we have to address did Playoff P end the pandemic P name, or did he not? Like, is he still Pandemic P at heart? Because some of those performances, especially given the end of the Mavs series, like, he he carried this team. He carried yeah. this team farther than they should have been able to be carried.
1: Yeah, it was... Um, Paul George is currently the points leader in the playoffs column with 511 points. Um, You know, in that series, he had a 41-point game to help the Clippers get a pretty pivotal Game 5 win, but... Mm-hmm. You know, in the game where the Valley Oop happened, Colin, um, he did miss two free throws at the end of the game to essentially ice it. Um, so, you know, I think there's always going to be shades of Pandemic P, but he is a hell of a player. I, I will give him that, you know, I and mean, I'm not even that big of a Paul George fan, really. Um, I mean, he averaged 28-10-5 for the series. Um, Pretty good. He averaged over a 20-game score for the entire series, too, Colin.
0: That's very impressive. That's very impressive. Keep in mind, for the listener at home, an average game in the NBA is a game score of ten. Twenty would, if you average a game score of twenty, you would generally be considered like high caliber All Star. And then the thirty average game is like a superstar performance. Um, I do want
1: to I do want to show some love, Colin, to um a guy who might have been going under the radar the entire season con and that is reggie jackson um he's another guy he had a fantastic series for the clippers he averaged 24 and 3 for them con and i'm gonna hit you with a stat right now con um reggie jackson this season actually finished number one in isolation scoring efficiency with guys with a minimum of 120 attempts
0: that's ridiculous. And, that's
1: absurd. And go ahead. You know that's that's crazy, Con. Um, I didn't know Reggie Jackson was that good in ISO situations, but an even nuttier stat I think is Reggie Jackson hit three threes in fifteen games. Um, in this postseason run for the Clippers, Con. So yeah, he hit at least uh-huh. three threes in fifteen games. Um, the only two players with more, th- um more consecutive games with three threes hit and a single postseason run are Steph Curry and Clay Thompson.
0: That's absurd. That's Um, absurd.
1: Yeah, so Reggie Jackson had a fantastic postseason, Colin, and I just wanted to talk about him for a second, and you know, he's a free agent this season, Colin, and he's probably going to get the bag, and I was thinking, you know, he's not a pure point guard, Colin. He is a score, score first point guard. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know how he's gonna play once he gets out of L.A. I don't know if this is the Reggie. Jack- this is like the true form of Reggie Jackson. But I'm not hating the thought of Reggie Jackson on the Clippers or on the Mavericks, Colin. I don't hate it. Wow.
0: Alright, I just I want to back up because I, I think this could be. One of our weirdest takes was at the beginning of the season, our biggest knock on the Clippers was that they didn't have a point guard. We knew after last season that they needed to address the point guard position. That was more or less their downfall when everything was said and done. And we sat here at the beginning of the season and tore them apart for not doing anything there. Obviously, they picked up Rondo halfway through, but... He
1: did not do much. Turns out maybe the Clippers
0: knew, knew something... Yeah, no, he did not do much. But turns out the Clippers maybe knew something we didn't, and that's that Reggie Jackson is a hell of a player.
1: Yeah, I do still think their lack of a true um, playmaking first guard, con was still there. um, Still did lead to their inevitable downfall. You know, um, they didn't have a guy average over six assists. Meanwhile, the Suns had two guys average over six assists. And... That was um that was a really weird series, Colin. Devin Booker honestly did not have that good of a series. Um, with that being said, he still averaged mm-hmm. twenty five points. But Patrick Beverly definitely did rattle. He definitely did rattle. Um, Devin Booker in that series, you know, we whether it was just playing hard defense or breaking his nose. Uh, or that that wasn't <laughs> that yeah. clip. Dude, what a little rat, honestly.
0: I, uh, now fuck him. Like, actually. That was such horse shit.
1: Yeah, that was, that, so was a, that was a very bad look. He only got suspended one game for it. I honestly thought that was, like, egregious, Con. Like, that was with some ill intent.
0: That was just so uncalled for, so unnecessary. Uh yeah, what, one game is. He should be there, very thankful. <laughs> If they yeah. given him 10, I would
1: have been like, yes, sure. And, <laughs> yeah, honestly, I wouldn't have disagreed with that. Um, yeah. You know, Con. before the series started, we did talk about how, you know, it's kind of been the tune for the entire playoffs, Con. how DeAndre Aiden had to be, um, you know, one of the best three players in this series. And he's been getting put through the shit, Collin. He is, like, passing the, like... Uh, you know, first round he had Drummond and AD, second round he had Jokic, third round he had to deal with the Clippers' small ball scheme, and mm-hmm. he's showing up, Colin. Um He averaged 18 and 13 that series um, on 69% field goal shooting. Very nice. Um, Very nice. And I I really, I've gained so much respect for DeAndre Aiden over this playoff run, Colin. Um I know you were a big fan of him already, um, and... Mm-hmm. He's proven a lot of people wrong, Con. I will say that.
0: So, I saw an interesting thing on the interwebs, Noah. And, obviously, it's much, much too early to actually call it. But, in the 20... It's the 2017 draft, right? Eight, 2018. 2018. 2018, 2018, yeah. So, we went Eaton number one... Number two, a guy that, hey, he could still come around. <laughs> Marvin Bagley. <laughs> Number three, Luka Doncic. The 1984 draft, Noah, uh, is considered to be quite prolific because it went Hakeem Olajuwon, um, a, a guy, somebody else, and then Michael Jordan was drafted. Obviously, Drafting Hakeem was a pretty sweet deal for the Rockets. You win two championships, and it's tough to knock that pick. Second, you know, the Trailblazers passing on Jordan, kind of whack. The Suns, at this point, eh, pretty tough to knock them for taking Aiton based on what we've seen. The Kings, I think we can knock them. I think that they probably should have taken Luka, (laughs) you know? The Kings
1: are going to be kicking themselves, Colin, for the next 20 fucking years for not taking Luka.
0: So, the question then is, uh, is this just the 1984 draft? Like, are Aiton and Doncic basically just Olajuwon and Mike?
1: Um, I mean, Doncic is probably already better than Michael Jordan, so... True. And Aiton... Aiton's getting there, Colin. He is... He is quite the traditional center, and um, in a league where we thought traditional centers were dying a couple years ago, um, Con, it really this
0: year we thought the traditional center was dying.
1: Yeah, it really felt like you couldn't have a. It it really felt like you couldn't have a center that could not shoot threes, and Deandre Ayton's proven that wrong, man. He's been the X factor, I think, for the Suns team the entire playoffs, and you know we'll get into it later, but I think he's he's. One of the most important players in the next series too. Um, I thought that yeah, I mean, this Suns team is so fun, Con. I love this Suns team so much, and I will give props to the Clippers. I, I think they're a boss. I will give props to the Clippers. Yeah. You know, no Paul jo- or no Kawhi Leonard. Um, but they're um, yeah. Like I said, their lack of a point guard I think showed up again. You know, Rondo basically did nothing for them. Um, the Hawks actually ended up winning that trade because Lou Will essentially helped the Hawks win that one game without yeah. Trey Young um, by himself. Um, that's all I really... Yeah. Do you got anything else to say about the West, Gon?
0: Well, I, I was just going to say DeAndre Ayton is again being put to the ringer because I think he'll end up guarding Giannis. Maybe they throw a crowder on him, but I think it'll be Aiden, right?
1: I, um... I think Crowder will start on Giannis, but Aiton will certainly be one of the biggest factors in deterring Giannis from getting to the rim. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, e- yes, exactly. Even if Aiton isn't guarding Giannis one-on-one, we all know Giannis's game is at the rim, and we all know he's going to be at the rim. So, let's see it. Yeah, see I, got, it,
1: I got so many thoughts for this finals, Colin. You're going to love it. But, uh... All right. Let's All right. get right. into Let's the east.
0: The, the east, yeah. So, obviously, I, I think it, it's it's tough for both teams to see Trey Young go down, to see Giannis go down. Um, these are two teams that are definitely built around their superstars, like the Hawks more so than the Bucks. Um, but. With that said, the Hawks look so good. The Hawks are going to be so fun. I know that they probably should have won Game Six, Noah. I think that I know Trey wasn't fully healthy, uh, so I, but I do think it's a little tough to give that one up with Giannis not on the floor. All um, shout out to Chris Middleton though, because Chris Middleton. Did Chris Middleton have a legacy series? Has Chris Middleton cemented himself as better than everybody anticipated him to be?
1: Uh, you know, Con over the weekend, my friend actually, um, he gave me this comparison for Chris Middleton, and you know, for a lot of guys in the NBA Con um, that are similar to Chris Middleton, we'll describe them as a roller coaster. So you know he has these super high highs but then he has these really low lows and I actually don't think that fits like rapid he'll go from scoring 30 a game to scoring 8 but I actually don't think that fits Chris Middleton mm-hmm. and my friend described Chris Middleton as a Ferris wheel. So you know he slowly okay. he has these, he has these lows but then he slowly always just like he's just riding the circle, you know. Um and mm-hmm. The Bucks without Giannis, Colin, their offensive identity is very interesting. And I think that actually um, did lead to their inevitable dub over the Hawks. Um, when, Giannis is, when Giannis is out there, Colin, you know, a lot of possessions end up with him getting a shot because Giannis is the two-time MVP. But when he's not out there, Colin, um, there's a debate that they're honestly harder to guard. Because they're moving the ball around, anyone can get a shot at the end of the shot clock. Um, they were going to Brook Lopez mm-hmm. a lot. They were letting Drew Holiday work. They were letting Chris Middleton work. And I actually, I liked them without Giannis. Um, as crazy as that sounds, I think they were pretty dangerous against that Hawks team. Um, in games one through four con, they switched on only forty percent of the Hawks screens. And in games 5 through 6, they actually ended up switching on 75% of screens against the Hawks. Wow. Which I thought was interesting because when you have a defender as versatile as Giannis, I would think he would be switching more screens, right?
0: I would think so too, but... Yeah, actually, I... yeah. I don't know, maybe the idea in their head was that Giannis could recover any... Actually, I just. I, actually, I don't have an answer for that. That wouldn't make sense that Giannis on the floor, you'd be switching more to get him in the optimal position. But I guess not. I don't know. Maybe, maybe they just anticipate that he can recover around the rim?
1: Yeah, I, I would assume so, I guess. Um, you know, when they don't switch, Giannis kind of gets to play that like free safety type role where mm-hmm. you know he can get to anywhere on the court in like 2 seconds but um yeah yeah going back to your original point i do think chris middleton um cemented himself con you know i don't think his legacy is really in question but there is questions about how consistent he is and he actually had 3 20 point quarters and that's in this series con um, in that game 6 he absolutely erupted on the hawks and i I think this is a different series. I wish DeAndre Hunter was 100% um, in this series, Khan. I, I think he would have, you know, he's one of the premier up-and-coming 3 and D defenders in the league, and I do think he would have been able to slow Chris Middleton down a little. But I was a little disappointed in John Collins this series, Colin. Um He was fantastic in the first two series for the Hawks, and he kind of disappeared playing this um bigger team in the bucks you know he only averaged 13 points for this whole series gone and i think for the hawks to have any chance of beating the bucks they needed him to average almost near 20. um the hawks actually didn't have a guy other than trey young average over 14 points this series which i do think was their downfall um Bo Bogdanovich was playing hurt. Um, and you could definitely tell he was playing hurt. The yeah. Duke could not hit a three to save his life. And Kevin Werner, Colin, someone who was fantastic for the Hawks in the first two series. Um, yeah, he shot 40% from three in the first two series. Shot 24% from three in this series, Colin. That's, that's tough, but I
0: don't know. For me, I like, you're asking way too much of of Kevin Herder at that point, you know. Yeah, like um. w- like what? Like, like Kevin Herder, no. For for reference, is a guy that we would put almost weekly on like the waiver pickups mm-hmm. that we would put out. Like this is a guy that like in like a ten man fantasy league was probably like forty percent out. Yeah. And now um, we're talking about him like he should be contributing twenty points a game in the playoffs. Like that that's a massive leap in expectations over the course of like
1: five months. <laughs> yeah. Um he's gonna he's gonna end up being a really good player, Con. but um Yeah, I think so too. You could definitely the tell Hawks the Hawks the Hawks are so heavily built around Trey Young con and why wouldn't they be with how good of a player he is? that they had a real hard time generating any offense when he was not on the court or when he, in the game, he missed, too. Um, You know, they were kind of relying. A lot of possessions, Calm ended up in Gallinari, posted up on the low block, trying to get a shot for either himself or someone else. And they were just so hard to watch because, you know, Gallinari is a very slow and, like, Calculated player, so it takes him like eighteen seconds con to get to the low block, get him the ball okay, post yeah. up, <laughs> and it was like, and like he he turns to shoot, and there's like four seconds left on the shot clock every time. Um, so I do think yeah. that came to bite them in the ass, but um, if you're the Hawks con, you know clearly this is a very, yeah. this is such a good season for them. They ended up making an Eastern Conference Finals after firing their original Absolutely. coach Lloyd Pierce, but. Is there, you know, there's no guarantee they get back here next season. Um, No, not at all. What do you think they could do to help get back to the Eastern Conference Finals? Like, where do they go from here?
0: Um, So, a guy we haven't talked about yet, uh, Clint Capella, has... I'm not going to say he had to rebuild himself, because obviously he didn't get shipped out of Houston because... He was a bum player. He got shipped out of Houston because Daryl Morey thought that the only way for them to truly win was to try to do it through small ball. And obviously Clint Capella uh, at six foot ten and the way he plays is not necessarily a, a small small ball caliber guy. Um but I I like him and Trey so much together that without Trey on the floor and not having like a real point guard to facilitate, or at least not a playmaking point guard like Trey, his value went way down. Mm-hmm. So, I I like Clint a lot. I like what they've got going there. So I I don't think it's that. I think their biggest issue is that they have so many young guys that still need to develop. Kevin, yeah, Cam Reddish, DeAndre Hunter. And Yeco and Kongu barely
1: played. He he looked in the minutes he got on. They were playing him like twelve to fifteen. He looked pretty mm-hmm. good. He was guarding Giannis. Um, he is a very promising prospect for them. But um, I was having this yeah. conversation with my cousin Khan. The same question, and I do okay. think that I do think they were just lacking a bit of maturity. Um, you know mm-hmm. this Bucks team has been there, done that. They they've been trying to get to the finals for the last yeah. four years and I do yeah. I don't think the Hawks need to make a big splash this offseason they don't need to panic on I do think they just straight up need their guys to develop and what yeah. better way to do that than make a deep playoff run in the previous season
0: so I, I was actually going to go the other way with it because uh, it, it's an interesting situation for them because it almost reminds me of baseball team with a really deep farm system, which you just don't get in the NBA because the NBA has 15 man rosters and the MLB has 26 man rosters and then it just it's it's such a different system in terms of how to how the general managers have to build the teams. But we see it all the time in baseball where teams build up their farm system, a couple guys hit, and then they sell the rest of the farm system to get big-name guys, and that's how you win. The Hawks right now have a lot of young talent that needs to take time to develop. You have Trey, you have Quint, you have Gallinari at the end of his career, you've got Bogdanovich, who's... How old's or Bogdan?
1: I think he's 26? 27, 26, yeah.
0: 27, yeah. Oh, yeah, so again, you're saying sure. they
1: cash in on some of this young talent, Colin? Right? I
0: I think that's I think that's what you have to do.
1: I see, actually, I mean, I don't disagree with that, Colin, because I do think they're one of the teams that is kind of stacked at the wing position, and I yeah. do think you could get valuable assets for that. Um, I actually, that's a good take, Colin. That's a good take. But what kind of what kind of player would you like to see them add to that team to help Trey Young?
0: Yeah, it's it's an interesting question because I don't know, the way I look at it, you've got Anyeka, Cam, DeAndre, Kevin, Christan. Four guys right there. Yeah, maybe Kristen. I'm not even gonna include him <laughs> on this.
1: Solomon Hill. Four
0: guys that that all look like they have some serious potential in the NBA. All under the age of twenty three. So you're shipping them to a team with somebody that is currently an all-star caliber player that is looking to rebuild and kind of go from the ground up that doesn't isn't looking to win now. So off the top mm. of my head, I mean, there's not a lot of situations that really provide me um, a great amount of. I, I think provide them a great amount of opportunity. Um, I know that the Cavs have said that they're looking to ship away Colin Sexton. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's an intriguing option. Obviously, I wouldn't be giving up four of those guys for Colin Sexton, but maybe one or two. Does, yeah. does that sound intriguing to you? Um,
1: the idea of getting another playmaker on the roster does sound exciting to me, Colin, but I don't know if I'm giving up assets to get a guy like colin sexton um a guy that popped up in my head con you know the price tag on john collins this summer con is going to be pretty high oh and
0: i haven't even mentioned john collins but yeah
1: he's he's yeah he's a restricted free agent this summer and after the playoffs he just had con i do think he's going to demand a pretty high price tag in this especially Mm -hmm. in this free agent class that is a little weak um does a guy like christian wood entice you at all if they can't bring back john collins
0: Christian Wood's really interesting. Uh, we loved Christian Wood in the hey, limited Christian games Wood he fans. Played. Um, he only played 41 games this year, now. And this was really his first year in a, a starting role. <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah. Like, like he he kinda, got hurt, he hurt got, and then like the entire guard. team yeah. blew up. <laughs> Just yeah, not even. Um,
0: but yeah, I mean, if the Rockets, who are probably looking to sell, w- would sell him, and he is on truly the best contract in the nba i think he signed like a four-year 30 million dollar contract or something ridiculous for how good he truly is that would be a very intriguing option for for the hawks i, I think he's a little bit better than john collins and you'd get him in a much cheaper price tag
1: yeah i I do want to see John Collins remain on this team, con. I think him and Trey Young's chemistry is really good, but I do not want the Hawks to compromise their future to just keep this John to keep John Collins.
0: Yeah. Uh, and just to correct myself, uh, Christian Wood signed a three-year, forty-one million dollar contract.
1: That's fantastic. Uh, take, that is yeah. a steal. That is so good.
0: So you'd get him for the next two years for 13, 14,
1: 13 and nine nine a half year. That's yeah, insane. For a guy
0: that in the 41 games he played this year, Noah, uh, his averages were 21 points, 9.6 boards, 1.2 blocks a game, shooting an effective field goal percentage of 57 percent.
1: That is sexy right there. That is quite sexy. So, you know, you heard, of your you heard it here first, Hawks. You heard it here first, Travis Schlenk. Don't pay John Collins. Go out and get Christian Wood.
0: Yeah. And then the only other guys you really think of, and I, and I don't think it'll happen this year, um, but if the Wizards ever decide to blow it up, Brad Gielsen, the Hawks, oh, yeah, would be, would be quite quite nice for them.
1: Uh, before we well, move into previewing the finals, going, yeah, I did yeah, want to yeah. shout out Pat Connaughton. He was plus forty four on the series. Plus he forty, the the series, plus 40 not, four. Plus forty
0: four. was the X factor. I said that.
1: He was. I
0: said that, Noah. Good so, take. I mean, <laughs> I don't know what else going to say. I also, I did say though that. Anytime he shot the ball, I felt, felt like he was just wet. And I'm pretty sure he bricked just about everything
1: he took. Yeah, the Hawks I actually... I really have
0: the numbers in front of me, but he did
1: not shoot well. The Hawks were actually a 39% from three in the regular season, con, And so far in the playoffs, they've been 31% from three. That's
0: really solid.
1: I think that might, okay, be, a, can... that might be a promising sign for them, though, actually, that they yeah. haven't been hitting their threes yet and they're in the nba finals
0: yeah seriously i say a lot pat shot 38 percent from three in the series that's he's what's fine yeah I mean, we take that i'll take 38 percent. he shot 37 on the year so actually he was really well
1: all right let's get all into right, it let's Colin. It. let's preview this finals matchup um one of the most I've, I'm really excited for this finals Colin. Um I know a lot of people may not be because you know no LeBron no Steph Curry no KD whatever <laughs> but I'm here for the small market teams Colin and it's funny calling Phoenix a small market team because they're the fifth yeah, largest the fifth city season. in the US yeah. <laughs> but they're still a small market team when it comes to it in the, in the landscape of the NBA yeah. so just knowing a small market team is going to win this finals Con, that's a dub right off the bat but um yes
0: absolutely
1: what are you, what are you looking at, Colin, as maybe like a key, like your keys to this finals for either team? What are you looking at here?
0: We'll start with the Suns. Um, I think truly in my mind that the key to this series has to be Chris Paul. Um, we saw the Bucks really struggle against Trey Young's playmaking ability. And Chris Paul is the better playmaker. Trey Young is the better scoring option. Mm-hmm. Um, But you can leave that to Devin Booker. I look for Chris Paul, and Chris Paul has gone off his post I mean, Chris Paul posted a game of 41 points. <laughs> Chris Paul hadn't scored 40 yeah. points in the NBA in a decade. <laughs> so, yeah. obviously, he, he can still get the scoring done. But for me... Uh, that doesn't need to happen, and I don't want to have to rely on Chris Paul to put up 40 a night. The Hawks needed Trey to put up 40 a night, like that just mm-hmm. had to happen for them to win. Um, I need Chris Paul to take the open shots, you know, knock down his mid range shots, and just look to set that offense up because I, I truly think that it is one of the most well oiled starting fives in the NBA. Devin Booker yeah. is obviously your best scoring option. You put Devin Booker or Chris Paul in the pick-and-roll with DeAndre Ayton, I mean, it's it's going to be tough to defend.
1: Mm-hmm. It's
0: going to be incredibly tough to defend, even with Giannis, because DeAndre Ayton has just such good touch around the rim, which is why he shoots 69%. It's not a DeAndre Jordan mm-hmm. where he just dunks the ball. <laughs> he has such yeah. nice touch. He has straight finesse. Or... Yeah, exactly exactly Um, and then you let Jay and McCall do their thing you know yeah they Um, they knock down their threes Devin Booker get him in the ISO situations you need him to Um, and then I I really think it is just about navigating the Bucs ability to throw a couple different lineups at you Um, uh I don't I that I don't think of the Suns as a very deep team. I think mm-hmm. that their starters are truly just the best five players in tandem with each other in the NBA. Yeah. If that makes sense,
1: yeah. I think um, that I agree with I, that. I'm gonna let you talk. I've been rambling. Um. Yeah, Con. I do agree. One of my keys to this series, Con, was that the Bucks have to. They have to win the big man matchup because the Suns backcourt basically has won them every series, you know, in tandem with DeAndre Aiden. He's been playing fantastic, but mm-hmm. that backcourt has been winning them ser- series, con. And I don't see that changing. I don't think the Bucs have the edge in the backcourt, con. And for them to win this finals, they have to win that front court matchup. Um, if yeah. DeAndre Aiden gets in foul trouble, con, the Suns do not have a very good option behind him. We're looking at Dario Sarge and like Frank the Tank. Um, yeah. Well, dude,
0: put some respect on Frank the Tank, all right?
1: Please. So I think Bobby Portis, Brooke Lopez, and P.J. Tucker will all have to individually have pretty good series if the Bucks want to have a chance. Mm-hmm. And I have a question for you, Con. If you are um, the coach of the Bucks, are you putting Drew Holiday on CP3 right off the bat to start the series, or would you rather see him guard Devin Booker?
0: CP3 is the catalyst.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I think... It, it, it's an interesting question, and I, I don't know if there is a correct answer yet. Um, but it's so much easier to stop an offense before it started
1: mm-hmm. than
0: to try and stop it when it's happening. And yeah. What I mean by that is Chris Paul does such a phenomenal job of getting mismatches and just allowing his players to have the half step advantage on the pass. He's so good at getting your defender to fade that if Drew can keep Chris Paul in front of him, if he can navigate the pick and roll, if he can avoid switching, it, you know, because I, I think the last thing you want is to have the pick and roll happen and all of a sudden you have Drew Holiday on DeAndre Eaton because it's just Lamp City at that point you know otherwise you're moving the defense around and DeAndre Eaton's good enough you know actually I don't have this up in front of me DeAndre Eaton as an assisting big man seems to do pretty darn well Mm -hmm. just kidding um so Maybe that makes my, my point a little bit less valid. Um,
1: I feel like he gets a lot of, like, pre-assist, you know? Like, yeah. he'll catch the yeah, ball the, pass the post. The
0: pass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which is my point, is that DeAndre is willing to give up the shot. Like, he's not
1: yeah.
0: a Giannis where, you know, once he has the ball and he's going at it, like, he's going to take the shot because that's who he is. Like, Aiden's willing to give it up. So, in my mind, you put Drew on Chris Paul and let Chris Middleton or McCall Bridges. Would you rather have... Or, oh, my God. Oh, my God. I'm getting tired. Um, you have Chris Middleton guard Booker, right?
1: Um, in the regular season, Colin Holiday actually guarded CP3 for 42 possessions, and he guarded Booker for 25. But um, Middleton yeah. was the primary defender on Booker, Colin. But I think they actually need to put P.J. Tucker on Devin Booker. Um, I think they're going to be asking so much out of Chris Middleton this series. Um, I think for the Bucks to win this final, Middleton actually does need to average near 30, Colin. And if, P- if when P.J. Tucker's on the court, Colin, he's out there for his defense, correct?
0: I, that is why they traded for him. That's so if problem. he's not
1: on Devin Booker, why is he even on the court, really? That's my philosophy.
0: interesting um yeah yeah but, no, I I agree with that but also I don't want PJ Tucker playing 30 minutes a
1: game he, well he's going to but um talking about their right, defensive right. scheme con you know earlier in the podcast I did say that the bucks went from switching 40% of their screens in the first four games to 75% of mm-hmm. screens in the last two and in the Suns and Clippers series, con, the Suns only scored 0.8 per chance when the Clippers switched a pick and roll, and they scored 1.1 per chance on everything else. So if the Bucks are truly going to embrace this switching um, defensive scheme, con, I do think it could prove to be valuable for them. Um, so it doesn't really even matter who Drew Holiday starts on because they're going to yeah. be switching everything. Um, but... Going back, one of my keys to the series con was Giannis's health. Um, you know that I seems mean, I like think a, that's,
0: that is the biggest catalyst to this. Series. Yeah,
1: that seems like a that seems like a no brainer con. Um, if the Bucks don't have Giannis, they're not winning. And it's pretty as simple as that. But mm-hmm. even if he's not a hundred percent con, say he's playing at like 70 percent, so much of his game is getting downhill and getting to the rim con. That i think if he's not a hundred percent that actually does compromise the bucks offense right if he's yeah, still trying because, to play that same play style i actually think that will hurt yeah. the bucks
0: because as great as honest is one of the things he doesn't do is spread the floor well um he tries to shoot he tries um but if he's not getting downhill that that's how he scores and trying to retool the offense with him on the floor to play a more traditional big man role, I, I don't know if that helps you. I mean, we obviously, we watched Brook Lopez cook from outside. Like, that was, he spaced the floor. At at some point, with a 60% healthy Giannis, Brook Lopez provides you a, a better team offense <laughs> than Giannis. in this. <laughs> In this hypothetical. <laughs> You're not wrong?
1: wrong. You're not wrong. That's the saddest thing.
0: So, yeah. No, number one is Giannis' health, obviously. Yeah. Um, my biggest one for the Bucks, though, is we, we haven't talked about him enough. It, for how he played in the Hawks series, Drew Holiday posted 22-10 mm-hmm. in that series.
1: Yeah. He, um,
0: That's pretty ridiculous.
1: He gets a quiet. He gets a quiet twenty-two too, Con. He's not like flashier. He won't go on these crazy scoring runs, but he's just getting like, he's just getting like six every quarter. You know, like he's one of yeah. the steadiest players for that Bucks team.
0: Yeah, and I think that, especially because Giannis is, is doubtful game one. Um, I think one of my keys in the game is. For him to take twenty shots, game <laughs> one. Like I just, I think if if he can take twenty shots and score efficiently, I think that the Bucks win.
1: Ye- I think
0: that <clears throat> that's the, the hill that I'm gonna die on. He is he is not taken twenty shots. No, just kidding. Uh, against Atlanta, he did. I was looking at the basketball reference backwards.
1: So, I'm actually. I'm kind of in the other boat, Colin. Um, I think Drew Holiday is going to have his fucking hands full on the other end, and I do think I want him putting more energy towards the defensive side of the ball, more towards the offensive side. And that leads me back to one of my keys to the series, Khan, is Middleton has to be the best player in this series. Um, like I said, I think he's going to have to average 30 points if the Bucks want a chance. And I um I don't hate Middleton here, Khan, as a dark horse finals MVP if the Bucks win. Um, he has the fourth best odds right now on FanDuel, and I kind of want to throw a couple dollars on it because I do think if the Bucks win, it probably will because Middleton was their offense. I hear that. I hear that. Um, all, right, all
0: right, and, and it's not Brook Lopez. Because I feel like I'm gonna throw a hundred dollars of down on Brooklyn. So he I'm looked happy, like. Will that dude. make me?
1: He looked um a lot. I don't have it pulled up right now, but a lot. <laughs> um, All right, perfect. Before we go, Colin, I do want to just speak on yeah. DeAndre Ayton again, Colin, because you know, feels like we're hitting on the same old thing every um, series. Mm-hmm. But he is one of the most important players. Again, he must stay out of foul trouble in this finals if the Suns want to win. And if DeAndre Aiden can even go like um even with that Bucks front court, Khan, if he can just negate whatever they do, the Bucks don't really have many advantages in this series at all, Khan.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean Giannis is a healthy Giannis. Yeah. He may be the only advantage. <laughs> like- like yeah, and a healthy Giannis could negate all of the good things that the Suns have going for them.
1: Truly, yeah, um, because he could get DeAndre Aiden in foul trouble, and he, he could also DeAndre disrupt Aiden. this. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Oh. I do just want to guarantee... I got a couple guarantees for this series, Colin. Um, Jay Crowder and PJ Tucker will 100% get in a beef this series. They where they both receive texts. That will That's happen fine. 100%. And then Jay Crowder and Bobby Portis will also 100% get in a fight, and they will both get technical fouls. I will just guarantee you that right now, Colin.
0: Wait, beef history, right quick before I leave. Bobby Portis and Jay Crowder, I, I don't know this.
1: No, they don't have beef, but, you know, those are just like two. They're the fiery players Too on the team, you know?
0: Yeah, they're,
1: they're feisty dudes. They're 100% going to get in beef. Jay Crowder will have two different beefs going on in this series, Colin.
0: That's a guarantee. Um, My guarantee is whichever team loses game one, uh, the headline the next day will either be, "Is Chris Paul too old to be playing (laughs) this late into (laughs) the postseason?" Or if the Bucks lose, it's it's just gonna be something four. Like that's just gonna be the headline (laughs) then. It's just gonna be like the Bucks are literally dead. They have no shot.
1: With that being said, Con, like, let's like hear Stephen the official. Stephen A. Smith
0: will come on the <laughs> Stephen A. Smith will come on the air if the Bucks <laughs> lose and say that Game Two is a must-win.
1: Should Con. Giannis leave Milwaukee?
0: <laughs> is Giannis a one B from the bench?
1: <laughs> <laughs> is Giannis the Scotty Pippen, and he needs to find his Michael Jordan? <laughs> Alright, give me give me the yeah. official prediction, Colin. I want to hear it. I don't know what you're picking yet, honestly. I think I can guess, but I want to hear it straight from the mouth.
0: Bucks and seven, baby.
1: Bucks in seven? Ooh. Little shocker, Colin. I think, this, I think Little Phoenix shocker. wins
0: the first two. Uh, wow. Milwaukee pounds back, wins the next three. Hmm. Phoenix ties it. Game six. Hmm. Box
1: win game seven. Wow. Wow, 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 wow.
0: Um People forget this is the most rest in between games uh, <clears> of <through throat> any of the playoff series so far.
1: Um with Giannis's health being so in question, Colin. I I think the Suns are the better team even with a fully healthy Giannis. Um I do believe that. I think the Suns are on a mission this year, Colin. And I'm not letting the fact that I have a future on the Suns winning a, the championship play into this prediction <laughs> at all, Colin. But I think I think it's Suns and seven, Colin. Um And I, before we go, I just want to give a quick shout out to my cousin Daniel. Um, when I was a middle school, there, Colin, you know, he was the only Suns fan I knew that probably lived in Indiana. You know, he had a Steve Nash, Sean Marion, Amari Sotomayor jerseys. He was a diehard Suns fan. Know. And he's he's been through all the shit since those teams gone. Those teams were absolutely fantastic. They were probably robbed of making the finals a couple of times. And he lived through they the entire work. tank. He lived through the entire tank, and now he's getting to see his team playing NBA finals. And let's go, Suns, baby! Suns That's and great seven. Great.
0: Suns and seven. Is Daniel a Suns and seven guy? He can go viral. No, he's a Suns and five Suns kind Suns in of guy. guy. Ooh, okay, all right, Daniel, you're on the hot seat. and 5 make
1: it happen. Yep. All right, you
0: know, well, no, go ahead.
1: That's going to do it for the Bench Chatter Finals preview, Colin. Um, I can't wait to see this finals get down tomorrow, Colin. I hope it's a fantastic series. And I want to thank you guys for listening to another episode of Bench Chatter, the Common Man's NBA podcast. And we'll be back soon.
0: Well, yeah, we will update about halfway through the finals. See you. Depending on how long it goes. See you, boys.